God's blessings be yours this day as we enter more deeply into the Advent season. We were blessed at our church this past weekend with a Dominican priest who gave a Advent mini retreat um, after the masses and then in the evenings on Monday, Tuesday. And we were so, so blessed to hear his sermon and to enter more deeply into the relationship of our Creator. So I am eternally grateful to all our Dominican priests, our order of preachers who show us how to pray, show us how to be reminded of our beautiful sacraments, the sacrament of our baptism, the sacrament of confirmation, the sacrament of reconciliation, and to live out our faith more deeply. So again, happy Advent to all my faithful podcasters. I have a very special uh, treat for you today. I'm going to be talking about the seed of our baptism living inside of us. And I'm also going to share with you a story about what just transpired yesterday. In my youth, I recall making a bracelet and a necklace out of the seeds of a tree. I recall how difficult and how painful it was to touch and take and sew with a needle and pierce the seed through a string. The brown seeds were live seeds formed into a leaf that covered them in an outer shell. A layer, if you will, that completely encased them with a stem at the bottom. I was a youngin, impressed by the seeds and inspired by God to make something out of them. Fast forward from 1976 to 2022, one of the members of Queen of Peace Catholic Church, who is our president at Regina Patre's Dominican Lay Group, presented me on Tuesday before mass began with wood from the tree of St. Dominic. You can just imagine the surprise I felt and the instantaneous spiritual connection to St. Dominic whose seeds reminded me of my belonging to Christ, my belonging to the Dominican charism and the Dominican lay group of Regina Patres. I believe, truly with all my heart, God was speaking to me all throughout my youth. I belong solely to him. The seeds were then and are now a great reminder of symbols of life gathered and made into a rosary. And today and yesterday, I held that rosary made from the seeds of a tree that was planted by St. Dominic 
was presented to me to pray. And I immediately thought of my eldest daughter who's suffering terribly. And I placed that rosary the entire day over her picture. <clears throat> Praying to St. Dominic for her healing today on the rosary. Praying that she would be completely healed. And that, my sisters, is how deep my faith is, that I know that God will do exactly that. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. St. Dominic was nearer to me and my ancestry. My great-grandmother, Stella, her entire lineage, asked her priest in Poland what she can do to help during the Second World War. He encouraged her to join the Dominican lay group and pray for the souls. I was greatly moved and inspired by my maternal great-grandmother and her love for the Catholic faith. She was very strict and raised my grandmother, Mariana, my great-uncle Tony and my great-uncle Peter. Both were soldiers in the army and served our country as their father served his native Poland in two world wars. My great-grandfather was highly intelligent, a veteran of the war, and raised his sons to follow in his footsteps. His only daughter, my grandmother, married and raised four beautiful children. I did see the great fruit of my maternal lineage through my great-grandmother and my grandmother and my mother. The greatest fruit I can speak of is faith and family. Faith and family stood out and doing good for others that were less fortunate. My maternal lineage spoke volumes to me about my eldest living member, Stella. Dominican prayer warrior whose two twin cousins were Catholic nuns. I saw the examples of love and devotion to God, to the Catholic Church, and the importance of teaching the faith to others. <clears throat> what little I knew, I planned to share. God opened my eyes to everything happening around me in my youth, and it struck, it stuck with me. And I have the utmost respect for my Polish ancestors who paved the way for me to live. I live in Christ Jesus, although in my youth I saw Jesus alive in the holy presence of Stella, my longest living relative to this very day. Jesus came for her in her sleep at the ripe old age of 93. I watched her as she walked to church when five masses were being offered, one in Polish, four in English. As a widow, she would attend them all on Sunday, and she would walk home. At home, she was always in deep prayer. She wore a rosary around her waist, and holy medals would clink and clank as she walked. Stella lived life in a saintly manner. She loved Jesus and Mary so much. Her house was enshrined with statues of Mary and Jesus, alongside pictures and crucifixes, but much more than that, her heart was set on Jesus. As a widow, 
She filled her day, her hours with prayer. Her life with Jesus was the gift I saw and caught with my own eyes. And my promise to Jesus came upon the death of my paternal grandmother. I had promised to devote my life to Jesus in 1990 on St. Patrick's Day. It was at the deathbed of my nanny Vi I gave my pledge of prayerful devotion to Jesus. But I didn't want to do it alone. I wanted one very special person to share my journey with. And for two and a half years in tears, kneeling at St. Andrew's Church in my hometown of Bayonne, I prayed with the sisters who taught me the divine office through their daily prayerful example. I have come to love Jesus this way, his way, not mine, and I followed him and his cross. I surrendered my heart to him and he led me and my future was in his hands. I used to leave mom and dad and my younger brother and daily go to church and pray with the sisters, the divine office that changed my life. We would pray in a dark, tiny chapel, illumined with candles prior to the mass. It was my place of refuge where the deepest silence filled the room with prayer and the sounds of the candles hissing. I could almost feel God hugging me, holding me, and preparing me for the life to come. The loveliness of him emptying my loneliness, fading the more I prayed and spoke directly to God. There were a lot of knots in my life even back then and God knew I needed him and his help to forgive myself and unravel the confusion I had created. I was not living a life Christ would have chosen. I was living a life I have chosen and it had caused me great pain. Sin has a way of locking us up and it is up to us to recognize our choices and wash our slate clean with a good and honest confession, not 50 years later, but as soon as it comes to us, honestly, with God, helps us tremendously in being honest with ourselves and others. To live a lie, to choose a lifetime of lies, doesn't include Jesus, it includes Satan. We must choose rightly for our soul's salvation, depends on it. Satan can have his claws in us without us realizing the great damage he leaves us and that damage has to be corrected. Correction is good. When we are corrected, we live better lives, disciplined and faithful. We live a life in Christ, and that is the absolute best life to live in. God's ways can become our ways with a little focus, a little determination, and a little trust in Him. We can change our lives and the course we are living on. We can have the best life, for it truly does exist in Christ Jesus. But the question is, do we desire it? We have to in order to experience the true will of God living in us, and he does live in everyone he has ever created. Never doubt this truth, I tell you. Comes to us from Jesus himself. He lives and dwells in all souls, all hearts, all minds he has ever created. Jesus Christ was and is the first seed that ever fell to the ground and multiplied. 
Those seeds are our seeds, and how we look at our seed is very important. The seed which is God comes fully alive in us when we recognize the power of Jesus. How do we perceive his power? For me, his power lies very deeply within my heart and mind. The way I love, the way I think, involves Jesus. And when I include Jesus, my life is totally at its absolute best. I think if every Catholic, man, woman, and teenager followed Christ and his principles, the Ten Commandments, and weekly confession, we could obtain holier lives. It would require placing God at the forefront of everything. God must be first in order to receive his holy blessings. We as Catholics know better. We were given all the sacraments from the church, and each sacrament plays an important role in our life. We can go to God every day and discuss with God exactly what it is he expects of us. It is better to rely on God for the truth, for the answers, than to go about using only our own intellect that will certainly get us into harm's way. But Jesus' way is tried and true and eternal. Jesus gets everything right with us the first time. Whereas we stumble, we fail very often. So in choosing properly, we choose Christ, the seed of everlasting glory, the seed of truth, the seed that multiplies, the seed that goes on to live forever. We too, one day, will fall to the ground and pray our seed will sow fruit worthy of everlasting life.